Kevin Smith rose to prominence by telling the story of two clerks dealing with an insane day at their New Jersey convenience store. Now he looks to introduce the next generation to a pair of courageous convenience clerks, but this time they're Canadian. Strap in as we look to tell you all about how yoga hosers is not that bad. Welcome, welcome one and all to It's Not That Bad, the podcast that looks for A grades in B movies. Now, I have gone on record multiple times saying I really enjoy the films of Kevin Smith. Not every critic, though, is on my side, but here to join me to defend one of Kevin Smith's films, making his return engagement is Brendan Brizzy Sullivan. Briz, welcome back to the show. How you doing, man? I'm sound as an Irish pound there, love. Uh, I'm doing absolutely freaking fantastic. Kevin Smith is by far one of my favorite human beings of all time. Um, Just to give your listeners a little background, um, when I was battling cancer, Kevin Smith was the thing that I would watch repeatedly. I'm talking all his movies, all his stand-ups, his TV show, uh, comic book man. I was doing it all, and I actually got to meet him a couple of times, and like... He's just an awesome, awesome dude and just such an inspiration like of what a human being should be like. You know, I never had the chance to actually personally meet Kevin Smith. Would love the chance to ever to have to have that moment. Uh, but I love the fact that his art and his work uh, was able to help you at a time that you needed it. Now, we're about to talk about one of his lowest critic score productions. <laughs> Because we are talking about yoga hosers. So um, I'm going to ask you, aside from being a Kevin Smith fan, what is it about this film that prompted you to suggest it for the show? Oh, because it is so random. It is so out of the box. So many famous people are in it. And it's just pure stupidity of what comes out of people when they're high. it's so freaking random i mean you even bring nazis into this movie so (laughs) modern day canadian modern day nazis i i'll admit when i saw when when you mentioned yoga hoses i'm like oh okay cool 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 like good actors whatnot it's set in canada so as a canadian i'm going to relate to this and then i watched it and then I had to, to sit there and go, what the hell did I just watch? But believe me when I say there is actually a lot of good in this. But before we build it up, we have to tear it back down. Uh, you know, work from the ground up here. So before we jump into this, it is time to take this, you know, New Jersey filmmaker shot in California about a bunch of Canadians film and trailerize it. In 1936. Reefer Madness tried to tell us not to smoke pot. Now, in 2016, one film will try to tell us not to write scripts while high. From the mind of Kevin Smith comes Yoga Hosers, a tale of two hard-rocking, job-slacking, constantly texting sophomores looking to go to a grade 12 party. Along the way, They'll battle the authoritarian anti-cell phone Nazis that teach at their school, horny Satanists who forgot that they're not in Jennifer's body, and a horde of miniature Nazi butt-raiding wiener babies 
Intent on taking over the world from their secret lair underneath Winnipeg. I'm just high now from reading that sentence. Good thing pot's legal in Canada. And so is Yoga Hosers. Rated PG-13 for Pass the Grass. <laughs> that was excellent. That was excellent. I was I should have muted myself. I could not stop laughing. I'm sorry if that picked up some some noise. That was so good. Oh, dude, dude, like there. I can't believe I just sat down and not only wrote but read the sentence: a horde of miniature Nazi butt rating wiener babies. And yep. So we're here they now. They actually have a name. They actually have a name. They're called Bratsies. The Bratsies. They actually say in. The, yeah, they actually say in the movie, and this movie was created off of the Kevin Smith's podcast. Uh, what, the Hollywood, what is it called? Is uh, it, it's not the Hollywood, Hollywood Babylon, but... Yes, it is. It is, yes. It uh, is. <laughs> now, <laughs> let's get into who's actually in this film. The film stars Lily Rose Depp, Harley Quinn Smith, Johnny Depp, Adam Brody, Oscar-nominated Austin Butler, Justin Long, Haley Joel Osment, Vanessa Paradis, Natasha Leone, Ralph Garman, and a bunch of cameos. However, there is an almost starring in this one. As Old Man Arcane, as played by Ralph Garman, it was almost Michael Parks, he of Quentin Tarantino film fame. Uh, but unfortunately, he got ill before filming and the, the role went to Ralph Garman. And of course, is written and directed by Kevin Smith. Now... When it comes to the accolades, he says with quotation fingers, this film at the 2017 Houston Film Critics Society Awards, it was nominated for worst film that year. It lost to Zoolander 2. However, on the flip side, at the 2016 Hardline Film Festival, it was nominated for the audience's darling best film. It lost to Under the Shadows, which was directed by Babak Advari. And I apologize if I messed up any names. Remember, I'm a Canadian, not in Winnipeg, uh, in a basement with a microphone. Okay, so bear with me on that one there. <laughs> According to IMDb, this film had a budget of $5 million and a worldwide gross of $36,585. Now, there is a giant asterisk on this, though. The film was not released in domestic theaters. It was not released in North America. All of that money basically came from about three weeks in three countries in a total, a max total of 225 theaters only so i'm i'm gonna give this film a pass on its box office because it is a very very this film was not made for theaters and that's okay no. so you you can't even call it a failure if it doesn't even go into the theaters i'm i'll, I'll give them a pass on this one the critics however did not this film has a meta score of 23 and over on rotten tomatoes it has an audience score of 34 percent and a tomatometer of 24%. However, it is not Kevin Smith's lowest rated film on Rotten Tomatoes as a director. For that, that honor goes to Cop Out at 18%. Yep. I'm going to say this. I think Yoga Hosers is definitely a better film than Cop Out. But for 24%, as we're going through this, A, are you afraid that the Bratsies are going to go find those critics and attack them? Because that's kind of what they were designed for. But B, are you surprised at the 24% of the of the critic score? 
I'm actually a little bit surprised that it is so low because I know there's like fans that are like me that are diehard Kevin Smith fans. I actually thought the movie was fantastic. Like it, it was so funny to me. I thought it had uh, actually a good story and I thought it was just absolutely idiotic and stupid at the same time. And I'm from San Francisco. I saw this movie in the theaters in San Francisco at a theater called the Roxy theater which is kind of like a rundown theater that you would go and see. Um, it's a review. Oh, what's theater. that Hollywood, What's that movie called with uh, Tim Curry where he's oh, dressed the, up the as the Rocky Horror Picture Show? So th- this is that type of theater where all the popcorn and everything else is getting thrown at the screen and people are dancing in the aisles. It's that type of theater, so it fitted perfectly with this movie. <laughs> I'm trying to picture and, and, you know, obviously the Rocky Horror Picture Show is known not just for the music itself, but for the fact that as when it gets played in review theaters and, I, you know, going growing up in Ottawa, we had the Bytown and the Mayfair. Those were our review theaters. And yes, Rocky Horror Picture got played on those screens. And yes, there were shadow casters who would get up in cosplay and get up in front of you yep. know, in front of the screen <laughs> and play along. And I know in Los Angeles, there's a group called Addicted to the Knife, uh, and they do the same kind of shadow casting thing for Repo the Genetic Opera when it gets shown in review theaters. I wonder if we're ever going to see a day when Yoga Hosers gets the shadow cast treatment and you get a bunch of people dressed up like sausage Nazi bratsies, um running around in front of the screen. <laughs> like, I, th- I'm not going to lie. This feels like the kind of film that could get the shadow cast treatment at a review theater. And that's the other thing is that I just don't think a lot of people know about it. Like, I've shown this movie to a lot of my friends and we all, like, have a drink and two and watch it. And they all actually find it entertaining like it's it's not supposed to be a big award winner movie it's not supposed to be anything it's just it's just supposed to be a dumb stupid movie and if you can wrap your head head around that it's quite enjoyable and um harley quinn smith like the critics made this movie bad but they said great things about the two lead actresses and Mm -hmm. Harley Quinn went on to do TV shows for Freeform and she's doing films now. And I don't know what uh, Johnny Depp's daughter is doing right now, but I I think she's succeeding as well. It's funny you mentioned that. Lily Rose Depp, her next uh, project coming up uh, this summer, we're recording this in 2023, uh, is a show called The Idol. And it also stars The Weeknd where she plays a singer that's, you know, it's, I don't know if it's the evolution of Colleen after she goes solo from Glamthrax. Could possibly be. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, if that's the case, then that means that the idol is part of the View universe and part of the True North trilogy that we never really knew existed. But now we're here and we have to put that out there. Just try and picture, try and picture as you're watching the idol that that singer grew up from Glamthrax from yep. Winnipeg. And it's going to give yep. that sh- that series a whole new vibe. But let's get to the breakdown of this film. Uh, let's. You mentioned Harley Quinn Smith off the top. Let's talk about her as Colleen M. And it should be noted too that Lily Rose Depp and Harley Quinn Smith, like they are actually apparently best friends. Like they met each other in kindergarten. They've grown up together. So the chemistry is definitely there. But how was Harley Quinn Smith for you? 
I liked her. Like, I know that Kevin Smith puts her in all of his movies. Uh, she, for example, like, she's the little girl that waves at uh, Dante in the window in Clerks uh, 2. So I know that she's always in the films. And I actually think she did a great job. She plays the role very, very well. Um, Kevin Smith, I think, wrote the the role for her because they he talks about how they text each other every freaking time and she's just as smart witted as he is. Um, I think that the only problem I had was that she played it probably just a little bit too dumb because I actually think that she could have been acting a little bit smarter. But for the most part, I enjoyed it. I thought both her and Lily hit on all aspects of a teenage girl during that time of 2016. And it was freaking phenomenal. Um, she was great, and so was Lily. Uh, again, I just wish that she didn't act so dumb. But that was the role. I, I'm going to counter that because I don't. I don't think it's playing it dumb. Uh, let, let me draw a parallel here. Obviously, the Colleens work at a convenience store, and we know that Kevin Smith kind of rose to prominence from you know giving us Dante and Randall in Clerks. So, if I'm going to draw a parallel between the Colleens and Dante and Randall. Uh, I think Lily Rose Depp's character is calling C is kind of like the Randall in the relationship. You know, there's the sarcasm, there's the, you know, there's there's that that mm-hmm. all out of f- to give attitude. Whereas Colleen M, as played by Harley Quinn Smith, is more of the Dante. She's more of the aspirational, optimistic of the duo, which is why when you know all of a sudden. You know, they get the chance to potentially go to this grade 12 party that that she thinks is actually going to happen. She's the one that's more optimistic about it. She's the one that's that's striving for more, whereas Colleen C seems to be very happy in her given situation. Hence the Dante and Randall comparison. And I think I, I think having Harley Quinn Smith as that, I like I don't know. If it would work well if you switched the roles or at least the comparables and Harley Quinn Smith was the more sarcastic all out of fucks to give uh, and Lily Rose Depp as the more optimistic one. I think the fact that they kind of took those roles, it still also works well in comparison. I will say that the chemistry between the two definitely worked well. Um, And yeah, you're right. Harley Quinn Smith has been in many Kevin Smith. If I remember correctly, because we discussed Jersey Girl on this show before. If I remember correctly, I think the baby in the beginning of that film was actually Harley Quinn Smith. So yes, there's a there's a I long right. his, yeah there's a long history of her being in Kevin Smith films. But on the flip side, you've got Lily Rose Depp as Colleen C. So how was she for you? I enjoyed her a lot. I, Randall was one of my favorite characters um, in Clerks, and like. I want to be like Randall, but I'm totally a Dante. I'm 100% a Dante. So like seeing her and just having that straight face uh, throughout the whole movie, just kind of out here, we call it resting bitch face, like the no fucks giving kind of thing. And so she played it perfectly well. I think think she, she made the sense and try to like there were just a couple instances where she kind of did like a hello McFly to Harley Quinn Smith. And I think that played off really, really well. And I think she was actually the better of the two in all honesty. 
And I, I just, I think I also just like that type of role in movies also as well. I mean, she is definitely the slacker clerk that Kevin Smith has been known to create. Um, and you're right. Like the, the fact that, and I think you can see the difference between, you know, the Dante and Randallness of the two Colleen's uh, in their reaction, or at least in their interaction with uh, Colleen C's dad, who of course, I guess owns the, uh, the A to Z convenience store, you know, Colleen <laughs> Such M. Such a great name. <laughs> which, which, yes, absolutely. Uh, for the record, I am Canadian, but I do not say a boot. That's more of a, a Newfoundland thing. <laughs> I, I do pronounce it better. Oh, I watch Shorzy. Trust me, I know. <laughs> but but A to Z, when I saw it, I'm like, no, no, I get that. And bravo, good sir, bravo. Um, but in their in their interactions with with Colleen C's dad, um, you know, Colleen C, the daughter, is very like no 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 like like typical dad daughter kind of relationship whereas calling m seems to appreciate the father's upbeatness and enthusiasm towards calling c and their music career their budding music career which for the record anyone who listens to this show or my other music show there can only be one will know that i am an avid anthrax fan so for this movie to start with the Colleen's doing a cover of I'm the man. <laughs> bravo. Just absolutely <laughs> bravo. You you had me at I'm the man. Um, but I, I I do. I love the dynamic between the two because you know, yes, they're both slackers. Yes, they're all like, sorry, boot that. You know, it, it's I love the Colleen's dynamic, <laughs> right? It, it They are a ton of fun. Now let's move on to, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Oscar nominated for Best Actor this past year, Austin Butler, as Hunter Calloway in this one here. How was Hunter for you? I had no idea who this guy was. Saw this film, thought he played it really, really well. Uh, the scream that he does uh, when they're uh, in the movie, like that one threw me off, but I was like, oh, we're getting the dark sense of him. And that was the other reason why I suggested this movie, especially since he was just nominated for playing Elvis. And I was like, oh, this is going to be too perfect. Um, that, that, that reason and also I, the music in this movie, I thought you would love also as well. So I'm really happy that I hit on that part too. <laughs> um, but the dude played it well. I, I thought the dude played it well. Um, being being that whole uh, charismatic, like uh, Ryan Gosling, oh, I know that I, I look pretty, I'm going to live it up kind of thing. And then having that whole total dark side and like the... The, dev- the devil in sheep's clothing kind of appearance. And he played that so good. And he was just kind of funny. He goes, I have to get to your soul. And you can't help but laugh at that. And she's thinking of something else. And he's talking about killing her. <laughs> I, I take a look at Hunter, and yes, I, I fully give Austin Butler credit for actually, you know, pulling this off as well. Like, you know, he's playing the, you know, trying to be charming for Colleen M when really he's, you know, a, a Canadian Satanist. 
and they're the good kind of Satanists, apparently. But it's almost like if Ryan, Go- <laughs> if Ryan Gosling played the role that Christian Slater played in Heather's, and they took that character and put it into Jennifer's body, that's kind of how that you know Hunter Holloway kind of feels in this. Uh, and for anyone complaining yep. about Austin Butler sticking with the Elvis accent a little too long after filming. I'm now curious how long Austin Butler got his fake Canadian accent stuck in his head after filming this. Because it happens, right? You, you have, it up so well. You have people who, like, when they're acting, when they want to nail an accent, for a lot of time they'll probably go to where, the, you know, the, the, the birthplace of where their character is supposed to come from just to get a feel for the dialect. You know, and Austin Butler, you know, Yes, it's an over-the-top Canadian accent. Yes, we do say A quite a bit, and I, I will fully fully confess to that. <laughs> the aboot is a little bit regional, but okay, well, let it pass. Uh, we get it. Um, but I, he, he really did play it well. And when you see, see the two of them, uh, him and Gordon Greenleaf is played by Tyler Posey, you know, just hanging out at, you know, the back of some shipping dock, you know, playing like, can hockey while waiting for the for this phone call um it does it creates that dynamic it really does and i love the switch when it happens tyler posey who played his friend gordon gordon greenleaf it's not a big role but how was he for you uh he was annoying as hell uh but that's what the role called for it it was kind of like a dr frankenstein uh, Igor kind of situation and he played it well because you've all had those friends where you're like oh my god you're gonna bring this dude he's so annoying and the only thing that made me happy is when the Bratsy actually climbed up his stomach and snapped his neck like <laughs> he played it so well that he was just an annoying little prick and you were happy that he died because he, he just and he played it well he played what the role said uh, I'll give all of Kevin Smith's movies, he picks the right actors to play the right role. And like this one hit on every single uh, lead role and support. I think the critics just didn't like the story. Well, I mean, the film's not made for the critics. And the fact that, you know, uh, Andronicus Arcane, you know, the, his whole reason for creating the Brazis was to attack critics. Um it, it's, yep. al- it's almost like this is the, this is the therapy session that that Kevin Smith needed after Dogma and how the critics kind of went after him for that <laughs> one there. But I mean, the thing with 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 which is my favorite one that he's ever done. Oh, I'm sorry oh, to interrupt oh God, you. Dogma, Dogma is so by good. far my favorite one. So good and so smart on so many it's, different levels. Oh. <laughs> but the thing yes. with Gordon Greenleaf and is the that critics critics can go hate themselves. <laughs> Gordon Greenleaf is there for a purpose, and it's not. I love the fact that you create that 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 Igor analogy to Doctor Frankenstein. I kind of picture it more as that that little yappy dog that follows the big dog around on Looney Tunes. But Gordon Greenleaf, to me, is there to show just how stupid yes. and wrong Hunter's plan is supposed to be. Right? If Gordon Greenleaf does isn't there, yeah. then Hunter Calloway is a much more menacing role because of that ability for Austin Butler to, you know, switch from charming to you know psychotic Satanist. Almost at on a dime, especially when when him and Gordon are like you know yelling at each other, you know, before they go to the to the A to Z. Gordon is there to show just how bass backwards Hunter's plan is. You know, hang with clowns, expect a clown show, and that's kind of what Gordon Greenleaf is. And yes, you're right. 
they're there to die because that's the satisfaction knowing that the plan was doomed to begin with. You know, although that being said, we now we, we now we go from Satanists to to Bratsies and the film just goes way off the the, the hilt. <laughs> Before we, before we get there, though, we do need to talk about Yogi Bear, B A Y E R, as played by Justin Long. How is the strip mall swami for you? Absolutely hysterical. Uh, I like Justin Long. Uh, I thought it um, he was a little bit much at times. Uh, like the typical like. The typical yogi that never actually did the yoga yoga class mastering classes and just decided just to try to cash in and like purposely misspelling words that sound like something else so that way he can get away with it and get more customers. It works out so well. And just the fact that uh, he uses uh, yoga as uh, a fighting martial arts status is absolutely hysterical to me. Uh him as an actor in the role, it was a eh, like it it worked at times and it didn't work at times, but it was absolutely hysterical to me. See, it's funny. I actually really like Justin Long in this, and I, I know that he's been in other Kevin Smith films. Of, you know, of course, he's been in uh, Zach and Miri make a porno, and of course, he was, uh, you know, he was in Tusk. And you know, as I'm watching this, right, and I, and then all of a sudden, I realize that now this is now the third film of Justin Long's that we've talked about on this show. Uh, previously, it was also Waiting and Movie Forty Three, uh, but the thing is. The character of Yogi Bear, I think, is one of the the better subtle comedy written ones. Like everything from the the mm-hmm. writing on the wall of you know, yoga is ninety percent this and the other half is this. I'm like, well, that math doesn't work, but that's kind of funny. the 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 fact that his <laughs> character name is Yogi Bear and he's constantly on the phone fighting with lawyers about copyright infringement. And what's even funnier is my usual co-host, my lovely wife Carrie teaches yoga so the fact that she actually really appreciates <laughs> yogi bear as as a character and what he brought to this like it, it it is funny as hell right like the fact that he's you know taking warrior poses and taking the the name a little too seriously uh and creating warriors that happen to use yoga as a thing i'm all for it i, th- I think it's funny funny as hell uh Tony Hale, I'm going to do these two together here. Tony Hale, who played Bob, which was Colleen C's dad, uh, the owner of the A to Z, and Natasha Leone as Tabitha, his girlfriend. Uh, I did not realize that convenience store social climbing was a thing, but this is what we have with Tabitha. How were the two of them for you? Uh, I got to admit, like, the, the father... He just went straight back into doing Arrested Development kind of thing, like... Uh, so it was kind of like seeing him as the same character as he was in Arrested Development, always clinging to mommy and like always going for what, acting like a child and crying over the littlest things. But uh, Natasha, to me, she stole every freaking scene she was in. Being the evil stepmom and just <laughs> freaking like dressing up the way she does just so that way the husband listens to her and not the not his own daughter like she she stole the soul and i kind of wish there was more 
scenes with her in it because I really enjoyed her in this movie. You know, it's it's funny, like the fact that you mentioned that Natasha Leone kind of you know brings that kind of character to her. It's almost like she took the the vibe uh, from. Let me put it into context here. Natasha Leone was also in a film called But I'm a Cheerleader, which is an absolutely wonderful film. And in that film is Kathy Moriarty, who plays kind of like the the the, the person who runs the conversion therapy. Uh, retreat that Natasha Leon's character is sent to. So it's almost like she took a little bit of that personality and gave it to Tabitha a little bit. As far as Tony Hale goes, at first I'm like, Bob's a little weird for Colleen's dad. Yeah. <laughs> but but if you put it into context that Colleen C is probably rebelling against what her father is and doesn't want to be that, then it makes sense that she's personality-wise the exact opposite of her father and just how enthusiastic he is but it also you know it sits well because if calling m and calling c's father get along well and it's also a subtle understanding of why calling c gets along so well with calling m it's i may be thinking way too much about the movie yoga hosers but here we are um the fact that the, the <laughs> dynamic say, it's kind of like a security blanket <laughs> it's kind of like a security blanket for them yeah like she wants to be opposite of her dad, but yet still wants that aspect in her life because she needs somebody to look on the bright side of life. Mm-hmm. And as much as she personally tries to rebel against becoming what her father is, her best friend is optimistic like her father is. It's, it's almost like Colleen M is the perfect combination of what Colleen C is. It's, it's like the middle ground, right? This is the meeting place and that's Colleen mm-hmm. M. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stephen Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. 
Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Uh, I can't believe I have to say this. Johnny Depp as Guy Lapointe in this one here. <laughs> I never thought I'd uh, see him in this and role. And it's a callback. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I do have to say, I have never seen Tusk. So the oh. so Gila Point is actually a brand new character for me. Uh, you clearly have seen Tusk. So how was his return to the True North trilogy for you? It's so just to give you also, so Colleen, the Colleen's are actually in Tusk also as well. So these these characters are already coming back for a second time for a Kevin Smith movie, and I'm hoping that we see them in more. Um, Johnny Depp plays it really well. It's almost like a Mr. Magoo kind of role, and he's the same way in Tusk. Um, there is a little backstory behind him, which uh, Kevin Smith loves to talk about. So when Johnny Depp was in the makeup chair, they put that big giant nose on him, and he asked uh, Kevin Smith to come in and take a look at it. And he goes, what do you think of the nose? And Kevin Smith is like, yeah, it looks good. He goes, looks like a giant penis, doesn't it? <laughs> and they still both started laughing. And if you look, he goes, do you mind if we put a big blue vein in the middle of this nose to give it more of the aspect of a penis? And Kevin Smith is like, go for it, dude. Put it in. <laughs> Uh. So like he he embraced the role so well, and like Johnny Depp in this in this movie did no wrong. He, he I thought he was absolutely hysterical. Played it like those detective movies, kind of like a, a Inspector Gadget, a Mister Magoo, those detectives that seem completely stupid but somehow figure a way out to solve the crime. Yeah, I think he played it so good. I, I'm really happy you you mentioned like you know those old school detectives because Gila Point to me feels like a cross between what would happen if you took Captain Jack Sparrow uh, and mashed him together with Columbo as played by Peter Falk. Um, yep. But you know, in a way that you know what Leslie Nielsen brought to the Mister Magoo character as well in the, in that remake. Um, it's once you realize it's Johnny Depp, it's even funnier. Because you have an actor like yeah. Johnny Depp in that kind of role, not taking himself seriously at all, which is always a ton of fun. The whole thing with the moving mole, though, the mole being moved <laughs> over to like almost every shot, like almost every scene, the, the, the mole has moved places. I The reason I like this gag is because it feels like a callback to Les Nessman in WKRP in Cincinnati, where every episode it felt like Les had kind of moved the bandage, you know, from his head around to different places to kind of see if anyone really noticed it. And it became kind of a running gag with WKRP in Cincinnati. This is like one of those things where it's like that old school 70s sitcom comedy callback where you sit there and you have to watch it again and again and play Spot the Mole on Guy Lapointe. I just La point to the mole and it's all good um <laughs> oh god adam brody as ichabod or as calling them would call him dickabod how was the 35 year old drummer in a, in a high school band for you 
So I had no idea who Adam Brody is. I've seen him in a couple of Kevin Smith's films. Um, like, I thought I was kind of just like, I didn't know who he was. Didn't, didn't understand it, but I felt like the role that he played was really kind of funny. Um, thinking that getting a bunch of tattoos will make him look more badass is pretty freaking funny and hysterical. Um, but yeah, I don't really have an opinion on him just because I don't, he didn't, uh, out of everybody in this movie, uh, he, he's the one that didn't grab my attention like the others. Like, for example, Kevin Conroy, uh, rest in peace, the voice of Batman calling his son Robin is like a great scene to me. And that one would always stick in my head. The drummer just did not stick in my head all that well. But his his scenes were kind of funny and having that little spit back between him and the Colleen's was quite entertaining and and shows what musicians go through on a daily basis. As a musician, uh, as a musician, I emphasize with that one here. But I think Adam Brody is funnier in this role. We've mentioned the whole Jennifer's body thing as far as um, the Satanist trying to take Colleen M's soul. And I think Adam Brody is funnier in this when you realize that, A, he's age appropriate. He's about 35 when they make this film. But B, he was in Jennifer's body. He was in that film. So uh, I'm kind of glad that he's not the one in the role as Holloway. Um, However, that being said, him being in there is funny when you kind of tie the whole thing together. And maybe it's just me looking at this whole thing as, you know, as, as a big buffet of, of inside jokes, as opposed to taking it as a serious film, uh, because it, it kind of feels like how this film was made, right? It feels like, let's just get a bunch of our friends and family together and go have a quote unquote working vacation. And you can almost appreciate the film in that. Like, I know I've crapped on Adam Sandler movies in the past before, but if I, I, I stand by my 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 viewpoint that as much as I may not like the film or may think that the film is just completely wrong, the working environment and the, the cast of people that continuously come back to Adam Sandler films shows me that working on a Sandler film is more like a friends and family affair. Kevin Smith has proven that time and time and time again with all these actors willfully coming back and happy to play in the sandbox. This feels like a giant family and friends picnic that devolved into a movie and I'm kind of happy for it. Yeah. Including in that group is Ralph Garman, the co-host of Hollywood Babylon here as Andronicus <laughs> Arcane, the Nazi mastermind behind the Bratzies. Um, How is he for you? I loved him in this role and I wish this dude would get more roles like he is such a good voice actor done Brian from Family Guy for years and years and years all those voices that he does if you haven't listened to Hollywood Babylon he literally does those and they sound exactly the way that they do in the movie I think the way that he just transfers over between that stupid voice that he does as the, for uh, Andronis, like to going into Rocky's voice and then going into the Mad Hatter from the cartoon of back in the sixties or seventies. Like he does the whole Ray and he switches it on and off 
without hesitation. He did it so well. I thought it was absolutely hysterical, the fact that he got all the things off of watching Netflix. It's like, dude, you're hiding in a bunker. How the hell did you get somebody's Netflix password? Like, they're locking down on that now because of you. So this is it. This is why Netflix got mad at everybody, because of this guy. Yep. That explains it all. Because it's the Nazis. It's the Nazis. <laughs> it's always the Nazis' fault. In a bunker under Winnipeg. Um, I, I will say, I'm gl- as much as it, I, I, I appreciate what Michael Parks brings, I'm glad it was Ralph Garman because Yoga Hosers does feel like a, it's a movie more for kids and stoners, but kids. Yes. And... I think Ralph Garman brought that perfect level of, for lack of a better term, Disney Channel show villain. Like, aside from the fact that he's a Nazi, that kind of, you know, big stage comedy kind of acting would fit well in a show like a Henry Danger or or a show like a Lab Rats or or the Thundermans. Like, that kind of live action Disney Channel-esque show benefits from a, a villain as played the way Ralph Garman did the way the yoga hosers plays out on screen. He's the perfect villain for that role. Um, I will say also um, Michael Parks uh, was the main villain in Tusk. Like he would have given this role such a more darker feeling to it. Like he did in Tusk. Like the way that he plays Tusk dude is creepy it's good and it's cynical. It would not fit for this film. But then again, Kevin Smith could have rewritten it or Michael Parks could have done it in a more silly manner. I don't know. But I still think Ralph Garman did a wonderful, wonderful showing of being a Looney Tune-esque uh, villain. Like he's like uh, drastically uh, from Wacky Races. Like that's perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just going to rapid fire a lot of these cameos and smaller roles here. So we'll just get your take on a bunch of these here. Haley Joel Osment as Adrian Arcon. Are you Adrian? Um, how is he in this for you? Absolutely hysterical. Like, who would have thought that the kid that can see dead people wants to kill more people in the fact that he's a Nazi? Oh, I love to see him actually having fun now. He was also in The Boys as well. So, you know, the, the fact that he's taking on these roles and getting these shots, like, love that. Uh, Jennifer Schwalbacksmith, Colleen's mom, uh, uh, played by her mom. How was she in here for you? Greatest line in the movie, I think, of this is a Moiler maker. Like, that's such a good line. <laughs> and I love the fact that you get the sense that she did some time in prison. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so funny to me. Oh, my God. Jennifer Schwalbeck-Smith now in Orange is the New Black. I can see it now. Uh, but she does. She plays badass very, very well. Uh, she, same thing she did in Jane Sound the Bob Strike Back. Uh, we, you already mentioned it already, but I'm going to say it again. Kevin Conroy as Canadian Batman. Um for such a small role, very close uh, to being my MVP. Like, I, I just love that man. The fact that he goes into Batman's voice and calls his son Robin, like, is absolutely hysterical to me. It was it was great. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You you got a geek to be able to geek out on this, on this cameo here. Uh, if you don't know, you're not going to know. But if you know, you're going to love the scene. Absolutely. However, Stan Lee... As, you can't miss that voice as the police dispatcher. <laughs> Again, 
anything Stan Lee, I'm, I, I will stand up and applaud. But again, how was he, you know, as a cameo for you? I'm the same way. Anything Stan Lee is involved in or anytime they make a reference to him, uh, he's going to do no wrong. And I love the fact that he, you, like, this is like everybody's grandpa. And yet you're, you're having, like, every comic book's grandpa this man is, and you're having him swear saying, goddamn yoga hosers. It's so good. That's, like, my second favorite line. So, like, he did no wrong. He was great. And I think, was this the, at the end of the credits, that actually had him showing between Kevin Smith and uh, Stan Lee, like, doing a reading together or something like that on, like, the IMDb boat? It might have been in... Uh, Jane Simon Bob reboot, but I can't remember which one. Yeah, I can't remember which one it was, and I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't make it all the way to the end of the credits because I had to go make my notes for the show. Sashir <laughs> Zamata as Principal Invincible. I liked her. Uh, just the sassy kind of principal. We all wish we had a teacher that can give it and take it. Um, but yeah, I liked her. She wasn't outstanding as the other ones because again i like you said if you know you know and i i didn't really know her but i thought she was entertaining and fun to be around and trying to be that hip teacher that actually is hip without even trying see the funny thing is i don't think she was trying to be hip i think like her whole thing like no i read this like i think that's just total sarcasm but the sarcasm works even better because the callings don't actually pick up on the fact that she's being sarcastic the history teacher As played by Vanessa Parody, the real-life mother of Lily Rose Depp, how was she for you? She was great. I heard that was her mom also, but I wasn't sure. But I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, she she tells the story of the Canadian Nazis really well, I think. And it again, you said it's, this whole movie is just a family affair. And like each role was perfect for the person. Okay, I'm glad you say that because next we have to bring up Kevin Smith as the Bratsies. Um Okay. <laughs> oh, dear God. The fact that it's Kevin Smith makes it even funnier. Like, just makes it so much fun. That was the other thing is that it wasn't actually going to be Kevin Smith. It was actually going to be Jason Mewes. And that's why he does the whole like a Canadian goddamn Batman scene because Jason Mewes wants to be a part of this movie. But because Jason Mewes is claustrophobic, he could not get into the Bratsy uniform and makeup. So Kevin Smith had to do it. (laughs) And that is actually Kevin Smith's freaking uh, German accent that he loves to pull on Hollywood Babylon, too, for those that are listening. And they actually make that joke. Uh, whole, uh, so nine, it's 10. That is a joke that they say repeatedly on that show. So it's great. <laughs> I I love the fact that he, he's just, uh, God, he played it really well too. And that whole fight scene in the convenience stores is, is fantastic where they actually take the yoga hosers fight and warrior pose and everything else. And the song for it, I want that song played in every hockey arena ever. The two of them singing that song was freaking fantastic and it's a lot better than the original version i say so i want that to be played here in san jose 100 percent. wait 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 hold on hold on hold on hold on here you're saying that that version of the hockey song as originally done by stompin tom connors is better than the stompin tom connors version 
I I liked it a lot lot more in all honesty. I know I'm probably going to be everybody's going to hate me for that, especially in Canada. But <laughs> I I mean, dude, that that version of it was just it kicked ass. Like plain and simple, I loved it. Like nothing to take away from the original, but I just I love the more rockness to it and. Like I don't get me wrong again, I do love the original, but this one was just to me it, it hit it hit a rock chord with me, and oh, so that's why I liked it. Oh, I like it just a little bit more. Don't get me wrong, I didn't I didn't not enjoy the rock version. I'm just saying that uh, as part of the Canadian Constitution of Rights and Freedoms, uh, <laughs> saying anything is better than stopping Tom Connors may actually be be a punishable offense, and you will find yourself in a prison in a bunker underneath Winnipeg. Just warning you right now. Um, and then, of course, well, Jake- think on him in the States. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have extradition. You, you make fun of Stompin' Tom Connors. <laughs> we have extradition rights on here. Jason Mewes as the rogue cop in this. I mean, A, it's a Kevin Smith film, so Jason Mewes has to be in there. Um, but the fact that he is there, how was he for you? I, I love, he actually came up with the line and the salute. So I, the fact that he did that was absolutely hysterical and like su- such a small part, but at the same time, so funny. And to have Jason Mewes go up against Johnny Depp, that's like having Jason Mewes going up against Alan Rickman in Dogma. Like it should not happen, but yet in a Kevin Smith movie, it does magically. And finally, Genesis Rodriguez, who was the gym teacher in this. How was she for you? Hysterical. Oh my God. She is every adult that wants to yell at teens. She <laughs> did it so freaking well. Get off your phones. Oh dear God. Every teacher right now is sitting there going, I am Miss Wickland. We are all Miss Wickland and we are Legion. Um, one of the things that, that kind of sticks out to me here, and while I admit that I have not actually watched Tusk, you know, I've at least done some research into it. And, you know, it is, it's a, it's a darker film, right? It's, it's you know, pseudo body horror type film. And then to realize that it's in the same universe as this film, which feels, this film feels like the sci- the same kind of humor that they would use for the Clerks animated series, which I absolutely love and miss and I wish it would come back. <laughs> Um, although that Same being here. said, that being said, if you were to do a Yoga Hosers animated series with the same kind of humor that was in the Clerks animated series, please just oh take my, my money. Just take my money on that one. I will happily give you, uh, admittedly being Canadian funds, so it wouldn't really be worth, worth much down in the States. But that being said, I think that could really work well. Like, that's the kind of tone that this movie feels like it feels like that clerks animated series kind of vibe but i just wonder and i'm going to put this out to you the fact that the critics you know some of them actually quite liked tusk because it was such a a left turn for kevin smith's career and then to follow it up in the supposed same true north trilogy with this does the 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 tonal disconnect between the two films of hurt yoga hosers more from a critic's perspective um well, I mean, I can see where the critics will come from because it's two sides of the same coin. So you went super, super dark to something super, super cartoonish. So I get where the critics are coming from. But at the same time, like, it works. It just, in Kevin Smith's mind, 
it just works. I mean, this guy went from uh, a black and white Clerks film to Clerks 3, where it is heart-wrenching as hell. And like, I admit, I went and saw this with my uh, buddy, uh, David and dude, I was bawling my eyes out so freaking hard on clerks three. So like you can see the transition and this is a whole movie about friendship and about just not taking what other people say critically to heart. You gotta love your own, uh, art. And I thought it was really told well. I thought I liked the storyline. It was random as hell. Um, which fits my brain perfectly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I go into this movie not necessarily... This, this, this allowing what I saw in Tusk and knowing that this is something totally different. If you're going into this looking at Tusk saying, oh, it's going to be something similar, you're going to be disappointed. This is something totally different. The critics put too much faith in Tusk, I feel like, to really enjoy this show and probably didn't get drunk or high to watch it, which made them hate it even more. Okay, so at the end of the credits, at least, you know, from what I saw, um, there's a there's a little slogan in there, not slogan, but a little line there that says, the Colleen's will return in Moose Jaws, which means that there will be or should be at some point um, a third yes. movie in the True North trilogy uh, called Moose Jaws, which apparently, according to Kevin Smith, uh, in, a, in an interview, said, "Yeah, it's Jaws with a moose." So I'm going to ask you this: Given that this is the third movie in the True North trilogy, would you want this tonally more like Tusk or tonally more like Yoga Hosers? I feel like it should be. If you want to really blend all three, it's got to be somewhere in the middle. Where when the Colleen's are in the movie and it's all hysterical, but when it, they're not, that's when it gets super serious. And so it's kind of like there's that TV show that happened where you see it through the guy's point of view and you see it through the woman's point of view. And the woman's point of view is a TV show drama and the guy's point of view is a total com- comedy sitcom. If you do something kind of like that, I think it would be really trippy, but it'd be really good at the same time. So... It's kind of like a give or take. I, knowing Kevin Smith and liking what he does, I kind of want to be on the yoga hoser side. I would love it to be on the yoga hoser side. The other thing that I was going to point out too is that there is a possibility that Kevin Smith has recently started talking about of a Tusk 2 also coming out as well. So be ready for that one also. I mean, I, I think I would prefer to see the Colleen's return uh, in something more, you know, along the yoga hosers vein, again, like an animated series would be, I think, hilarious because you can you can go so much further because the Clerks animated series, while it only lasts, I think it was like what six episodes or something like that. Um, was uh, hel- yeah, ten or something. Yeah, it, it wasn't that much, but it was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious, and it allowed uh, you know Dante and Randall to deal with things that you you know would be really hard to pull off. In, in a live action film. I think the yoga hosers, the Colleen's, you know, if you take an animated series where Glamthrax actually goes on the road and every episode, you know, they have to deal with something in a different city while they're on tour. Um, I think it would be so much fun if that were to happen. And I, I just think that yoga hosers 
got such a low rating because, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, no, it's the follow-up to Tusk. It's nothing like Tusk, but it's the follow-up to Tusk. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like another left turn. But I think on its own, if you ignore the existence of Tusk, then Yoga Hosers is a good, completely out in left field fun ride full of a lot of dumb jokes that will make you laugh regardless. Like, it's a good time at the theaters if you ignore the existence it's, of Tusk. It's, it's a movie where... You say, I just want to watch something stupid. Um, if you want to get high, you can get high. If you want to have a drink with it, you have a drink with it. But it's a totally, totally stupid movie that's just there for pure entertainment. And when you want that, especially in this crazy, effed up world that we live in, sometimes you need that. This movie is perfect. It is absolutely perfect for that. And don't take it serious because the minute that you try to take it serious is the minute you're going to hate it. Okay, Brez, you know it's time, man. It is time. So who is your MVP of Yoga Hosers? There's so many that I would love to choose from. But in my honest opinion, and I'm probably going to send him this, your episode link to it. My MVP is Ralph Garman. He stole the show. He comes in at like two thirds of the movie done. And that dude is so rememberable. Seeing him, seeing him in the bunker, just eating popcorn and taking in all these different voices. The fact that he can jump from everybody. And I'm kind of sad that I wish he would have done the Johnny Depp interpretation like a captain jack sparrow kind of interpretation because that would have been awesome uh in front of johnny depp but uh or even the fact that he went into adam west who had just passed away and is actually a good friend of ralph garman's when this movie was made so like to me everything that this guy did was absolutely phenomenal. The message behind him saying that haters are going to hate, 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 just like Taylor Swift says, which he, who he calls, uh, taped off Switler, which makes it even more funny is just fantastic. I, I love this dude. I will always go to the end of the movie just to see him show off his acting chops. Cause I think they're great, especially as a voice actor. I think his acting chops are amazing. I will say, like, if if he brings that much energy to the screen, then he should absolutely get one of those, you know, villain roles in a Disney Channel-esque show. Because I think that's the kind of performance that would really play well on the screen. I, I think you're right. Unfortunately, he's not my MVP. As much as I wanted to give my MVP to Lily Rose Depp, because I thought she was absolutely wonderful in this, and yes. Holly Quinn Smith as well... I, I can't get over just how much fun I had watching Justin Long as as Yogi Bear. <laughs> like, hey, I give it to you, man. He was great, right? And the thing is, again, there's so much in this film where you know, if you know, you know, and you geek out and you enjoy and you laugh along. Um, and I I do admit that this is not a film for the critics, especially because critics beware, because apparently there are, you know, sausage wiener babies that are there to attack you if you, if you <laughs> downvote anything. But I, I love 
how Justin Long just jumps into these roles, takes them over the top, but in a way that works so well for the scene. And the fact that, you know, he's got the angriest yogi out there. The strip mall Swami is my MVP on this one. Briz, thank you so much for coming back to the show and, and introducing me to the True North trilogy through Yoga Hoser. So tell us a little bit about Super Smashed Bros. I will, but the first question I got to ask, because I'm, I was really hoping that she would have been able to join us. What did your wife think of this movie? So because she, you talked about her loving the yoga yogi. So I'm just curious what she thought of the movie. Oh, she's actually seen this before. Like, like when I said, oh yeah, no, we're watching, <laughs> we're, we're covering yoga hoses there, you know, because I hadn't watched it at the time. She had watched it because again, she does teach yoga and she's like, oh yeah, I watched it. And we started to watch it again. And she's like, oh, I forgot how crazy this film is. And then she fell asleep. Um, so she did actually enjoy it. Like it is, a, <laughs> it, you know, it is a good goofball time, but I think she would agree with me that Justin Long was definitely the MVP especially from a yoga teacher perspective. So again, there's a shout out to, to, to my lovely wife, Carrie there. So Briz, let us, let us know all about super smash bros yeah. and where we can find you there. Yeah, guys, uh, you can find me on Twitch at, uh, Brizzy five, nine, uh, every Friday, me and my buddy, Tommy, uh, drink four different types of craft beers all throughout these United States. Um, if we ever get to travel across, uh, up North to you guys, we would definitely drink some Canadian beers. Um, but yeah, we drink a different, different beers all around these United States and rank them out of a hundred and tell you what they kind of taste like. We base it off of the can art, the taste, the way it makes us feel and what we compare it with, with food wise. Um, we had such beer. We do everything between sours and stouts, IPAs, and everything in between. So if you got a beer out there that you want us to know, go ahead and send it our way. Uh, you can follow me at Twitch Brizzy on Instagram or Super Dot Smash Bros on Instagram also. And we will try to find that beer that uh, you guys are suggesting because we want our fans to start watching us more and more. We want to take this uh, to bigger and better heights, kind of like your show right now. And yeah, that's about it. So we're there every Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific time uh, out here in California. Okay. Before I, I sign off here, um, I have to ask you a question. Given your expertise in the you know craft culinaries, I have to ask you, what beer would you pair with a barbecued Bratzi? Uh, ooh. <laughs> I will do I would do a type of lager we had one yesterday uh last Friday and it was actually just to match the bitterness with the bitterness of the Bratzi it was a black lager so it tasted like coffee and it was actually really really light and you can take that and put it into the Bratzi and then cook the Bratzi along and get the Bratzi drunk so maybe he'll have a drink with you also instead of killing you. So that's what I would do. I just wonder if a German Pilsner would pair with the Bratzi. I'm just curious now. <laughs> probably will. Probably will too. Like I was thinking a, a German a German lager would be really good with it too. Yeah, I could, I could see a dad pairing well with that. I can't believe we're, just, we're now talking about barbecue and a 
Kevin Smith character, but here we are. <laughs> but this has been uh, our look at Yoga Hosers. Now to you, our listeners, you guys know the drill. If there is a film out there that you think is unfairly maligned or you think it's so bad that there's no way in hell that we can find anything good to say about it, hit us up on Twitter at NotThatBadCast or go to our website at NotThatBadCast.com. While you're there, you can see our coming scene page and you can see some of the movies that we're preparing to talk about and let us know what you think about those films because we'd love to hear from you guys. Until next time, Briss, thank you so much for this. To you, our listeners, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. I'm Jason. This is It's Not That Bad. Take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.